The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. To first strike right here on Visa. And I'm your host, Dave Ross. For the next hour, we're going to break down everything UFC Fight Night. Jack the Joker Hermanson against Sean Strickland. He doesn't like his nickname, so I'm not going to say it right here on the program. And again, for the next hour, we're going to have Nick Likas joining us in just a couple minutes. Reed Kuhn and Lou Finicaro, all of our experts here to break down this fight card and try to find you value out there here on Saturday night at UFC Apex for Hermanson against Strickland. So again, We've had a couple weeks here and there. We had three weeks off to start off this calendar year here. Then had the UFC 270 off for another week. And now the UFC is back as they start to hit their stride a little bit. The man behind me and the, all the numbers you see behind me, this man, Nick Lee, sets all of those numbers right here at Circa. So, Nick, I want to look back before we look ahead here to this middleweight matchup be, between Hermanson and Strickland at UFC 270. And we saw the two underdogs in the co-main and the main event at 270 cash. How did the books make out, and were you surprised by any of the betting strategies that you saw? It was actually a small loss for us. It wasn't that bad, considering we needed both we needed both favorites to come through there, so the dogs cashed. A lot of public were on those dogs as well, so it worked out pretty well for them, but not bad overall. From top to bottom, it was a solid event, I would say. Okay, and so what I, I'm wondering too, Nick, when you set these lines, and again, uh, having the week off, are you still, is it almost like a, a football week now, where like, Early in the week, not a lot of action, and then as we get closer and closer to fight day, you're seeing more and more people pay attention to exactly. start really hop in. Yeah, that's 100% it. I mean, from time to time, if somebody finds line value and they want to get in early, we'll get a, a decent-sized bet early in the week, but the action definitely picks up as we get closer to week, as we get closer to fight day, we see a lot more action coming. All right, so let's talk about this one here, and I mentioned here you have UFC Apex, which, of course, is a smaller cage. Right. You got some bigger guys here in the co-main and the main event here as the 185-pounders really take center stage here. We've got UFC 271 next week without Asanya and Whitaker. So maybe some of these guys jockeying for position here in the middleweight division. When you put out the number here for the Joker, Jack Hermanson against Sean Strickland, what was the opening number? And have you seen any money come in on the underdog? Not really too much money on the underdog yet, but I'm expecting that to shift for sure. We opened around minus 200, and it immediately got action from Sharps, and we got settled around, I believe, 225, 223 right now, 228-ish, around that range. Mm -hmm. So it did escalate up a little bit, and I expect it to come back down somewhat because the market's around minus 210-ish right now. Right, and again, for uh, people out there, obviously it's a non-title battle, but because it's a main event, it will be a five-round fight here, potentially to go all five. 
when, when do you think you'll see that money come in on Hermanson, and, and why do you think that'll be, Nick, just because people look at him as a live dog? Yeah, I think so. I mean, he's performed relatively well. He keeps on improving. We all know, I mean, it's in his ground game. That's where he gets yes. it done more times than not. I mean, he does have several knockouts on his resume, but a lot of it is on the ground game position as well. So I think his ground dominance is what people are looking at. And then he's improved his conditioning along the way. His durability seems to be better as well. And he's fighting at a high level. So he's no easy out. I mean, Strickland is the rightful favorite here, but... I expect as the line kind of peaks towards the top, we will see some resistance and come back on the dog. Yeah, you mentioned it. It's, it's styles make fights, right? right? We know Hermanson wants to get this fight down to the ground. Strickland wants to keep this standing here, potentially. Uh, because of that style, do you think that this fight goes deeper into the Vegas night here at UFC Apex, or are you seeing some people come in on the under? Uh, we are seeing some people coming in the under, but it's more popular on the over, believe it or not, here, which is kind of a head-scratcher to me because, again, with our finishing ability from Hermanson, right. if he gets it to the floor, you could be in some serious trouble. And then on the other end of it, I mean, Strickland is such a crazy good striker in a positive way, meaning that, I mean, he's almost like a zombie. He keeps on coming <laughs> forward. You yeah, can hit is. this guy with everything but the kitchen sink, and he's still going to put that pressure on you, and he's dangerous. So I think there is a potential of this fight ending before it hits the scorecards, but we are seeing some action on the over, believe it or not. Which is amazing. Again, uh, juiced evenly here, minus 115, four and a half rounds here. Uh, if people don't like the way the big numbers, right, and sometimes if they like Strickland, they'll throw them in on parlays, mm-hmm. we'll see that. But if you're really looking in the weeds here and you look at Strickland, you go, man, I don't want to lay 220, 225. Are you seeing other methods for people that back Strickland here to wager it? Maybe uh, by decision, because I do think if you like the over at four and a half rounds and you think Strickland can keep it standing, then maybe get plus money, plus 150 on Strickland, say, laying laying the 220. Yeah, no doubt. That's probably the way to do this because, like I said, I think a lot of people, if you're banking on this hitting the scorecards, then Strickland by decision is going to be a tempting option, obviously, because you're getting plus money there. And or... Strickland inside the distance is a very popular option as well. So if you want to bet the Strickland side, you look at the props and try to find some value there with either the inside the distance, if you believe that way, or the decision. You know, by submission, they're not giving Strickland much of a chance, Mm -hmm. plus 900. So nobody's nibbling there? Uh, No, not really. Not too much. But, you know, I mean, he does have a ground game. It's probably a little bit underrated. People don't realize he is a capable grappler. But again, there's levels to the game. And Hermanson is by far the better grappler here. Yeah, no question about that. So, again, uh, let's go look at the Joker here very quickly. And you see uh, KOTKODQ is plus 900 sub and decision almost even plus 500 for the sub, plus 550 for the decision, win by finish, plus 350. So, again, he's got more of that potential, right, right. Nick, that if, if he get, does get it down to the ground and maybe you don't want to decide whether or not it's going to be a sub, uh, you just take win by finish – Plus 350, you think that might be a popular way to get some better plus money? That will be a popular way, yeah, for sure. Because, like I said, I I just think that he's just so good at doing what he does best and getting the fight to the floor and then capitalizing on that moment. And on the other end of it, Strickland really hasn't faced guys that are going to come in and pursue that game plan very often, right? I mean, a lot of it have been kind of striker versus striker type of matchups for for people that aren't going to really pursue the ground game. So this is a different type of matchup. That's why it's a dangerous spot to bet the chalk right now. If you're going to bet the dog, like you said, the the prop is probably where it's at, right? Even even by decision, if it does not, uh, the finish does not happen, it goes to the scorecards, you're getting some serious value on Hermanson. If he's in it that long, it's probably going to be fairly competitive. Yeah, instead of taking the plus 180, you look at that, uh, plus 550, or again, win by uh, finish either way, plus 350. So that's right. much better numbers. See, even though that's good value at plus 180, you would think on the Joker, I, I can certainly understand that logic. Let's stay in the middleweight division here. Look at the co-main event here with uh, Punahele Soriano, minus 190 against Nick Maximoff here, plus 160. Maximoff, of course, coming in, the younger fighter here, but not known for his striking. This right. is a guy that, that w- w- we feel like he's going to have to advance in his MMA career. Clearly, again, stylistically, 
Soriano, you think, wants to keep it standing, and you got to think that Maximoff want to, wants to get this fight down to the ground. 100%. That's exactly the narrative here, and that's why Soriano's coming in as a favorite here. But we are seeing that Maximoff action come in because mm. I, I believe a lot of people are buying into it. I mean, he trains with the Diaz brothers. He does have a capable ground game. His striking's improving. He's a big, strong guy, too. So a lot of people are biting on the dog right now, and we are seeing that line kind of come down a little bit. But Soriano is the rightful favorite, like you said. If he's able to keep this upright, I think he does have a significant advantage on the feet. What do you make of undefeated young fighters, right? We're going to have 24 year old kid a kid to me because i'm old but then you know against a 29 year old who's probably still finding himself in soriano here at eight and one so you really have two young guns yep. in this division here but that that undefeated feeling of a fighter right they're, they're tough to knock off for the first time and i'm sure he feels disrespected knowing he's now the underdog right and no for sure he's got to be kind of scratching his head thinking to himself man i haven't lost a fight yet this guy's coming off a loss and i'm, I'm the underdog here in a spot but again styles make fights and it should be a very difficult fight for him if he comes through this spot I mean, honestly, he's going to take a big step up. Now, that's not Soriano. He's not like a title contender right now. But again, the public and the betters out there do respect what he's got, the ability. So if Maximoff comes in here, picks him off, I think he's on his way to good things for sure. Have you seen this line move? You've seen it come down a yeah. little bit for Maximoff. What about the over-under here in a three-round fight? Are you seeing any action either way there? Not too much. I mean, again, I think people are kind of hesitant where it's at right now. And, and it could finish. We see, if again, if Maximoff is not able to get this fight to the ground, he's probably going to get busted up on the feet. And on the other end of it, if he is able to get this fight to the ground, then he does have that advantage kind of similar to the Hermanson fight right I mm -hmm. think Maximoff is going to have the bigger advantage on the ground so I think a lot of people are hesitant because they're not sure if exactly how it's going to play out if he's able to do that you normally don't see middleweights 185 pounders where your odds of getting a KOTKO or DQ are 14 to 1 right but that's this <laughs> that's the point right that they just people don't believe that Maximoff can get this done with his hands so it's got to be either by sub or decision which yep. is the same same price tag here at plus 550 right that's the way it, they, they kind of get that pathway to victory exactly yeah and, and you know what he's had some spots even on the ground where you thought he might be able to get a finish and he hasn't in the past as well. So, yeah, I don't think the finish isn't really on his side, especially right now, because even Soriano on the ground, I think his defense is good enough that he probably doesn't get finished. So I think that's why you're seeing that, you know, in that spot right now as well. When you put out the, the numbers here for Shavkat, uh, Rob Kamov, again, uh, Carlson Harris, Harris right now plus 190 and uh, Rachmanov here minus 235. Are you seeing any money come in on Harris or is this mostly going the way of, of Shavkat? We are. I kind of shaded towards a favorite in this spot here when the market was a little bit lower, and we have seen the action come in on Harris. I mean, he's looked good. I've backed him myself, too. He's won me some money, yeah. but... Again, styles make fights. This is a tough spot. Rachmanov is legit. So to, for me, I was trying to stay on his side, like to try to keep the market a little bit higher with him because I think he, he is the rightful favorite here. But the public's coming in, loving that dog money on Harris. Yeah. I mean, he's performed well. He's cashed. So I can understand. It's going to be a really good fight. Got a couple minutes to go here with Nick Kalikas, who sets these numbers right here at Circus Sports. I do want to talk about smiling Sam Alvey. He's got a new opponent, Brendan Allen. I don't know if he's going to be smiling after this fight here <laughs> because Allen – a replacement fighter yep. comes in minus 435. I mean, who doesn't love Smiling Sam, right? right? But he's on a, a heck of a losing skid here, and then you feed him Brendan Allen. What do you make of this matchup? Yeah, it's tough because Allen gets so much respect from the betters out there that you almost have to shade his way every time out, even if the line might be overinflated, which I think this spot is, believe it or not. I mean, yeah. he's stepping up on short notice, up a weight class against Alvy, which traditionally doesn't have bad takedown defense, and... Whether you love it or not, this guy has power in his hands that I mean, if he clips you, you're in some trouble here, right? It doesn't always seem that part because, again, smiling Sam Alvey is such a nice guy and he goes out there and kind of fights at his own pace. Mm -hmm. But he's had more success than people think. So this is kind of a tricky spot. Uh, well, very quickly, any other fights on this card? Because you look at some of the names when you have a Miles John, Hakeem uh, Dawadu is on this card as well. 
Uh, Alexis Davis is also on this card. It's a sneaky, you get some sneaky yeah. names in the prelims, right, that maybe don't jump off because they're not on the main card. Absolutely. I mean, the trezano Dawadu fight is going to be phenomenal, right? I, I do like that a lot. Like you said, Alexis Davis getting a nice test uh, from Storlyanko. So from top to bottom, this card, honestly, is pretty good. It's a lot better than people probably anticipate. Right. I think it's going to be a really fun card. All right, let's talk about what you do at ESPN and where people can access the show because it seems like a lot of fun what you guys are doing. Oh, it's awesome. We just actually filmed yesterday, so it is available on UFC Fight Pass right now. UFC on the line with myself, Yanni the Greek, and Brandon Fitzgerald. We give our best bets, of course, the prop bets, and we just dig deeper into the betting options of the card. All right, so uh, that, that's what you got to do. People, check it out. Uh, Nick Leakus, always appreciate the time and the information. As always, it's just good to have fights back. And uh, yes, we'll sir. have you back next week for UFC 271. Appreciate Can't it. wait for that one for Adesanya and uh, Whitaker. That should be one heck of a matchup. Okay, don't go anywhere. Got much more to get to. Reed Kuhn is going to join us here after a very short timeout. And Lou Finicaro will be with us uh, throughout the remainder of this hour. So don't go anywhere. It is First Strike right here on Visa, the Sports Betting Network. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving you plenty of ways to bet on the UFC. Just download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, and you're going to be able to bet on more ways than just the main event. DraftKings has great odds on fight lines, total rounds, and futures for MMA events. Eligible restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for full terms and conditions. Dave Ross back here, first strike on VSIN, and it is always a pleasure to have Reed Kuhn join us here. You can follow him on Twitter as I do, at Fightnomics and Reed, it was great to see you out here for UFC 270 in Las Vegas. We're back to the remote thing here. But uh, first of all, how was your time in Vegas? It was great watching the fights with you. And uh, we saw two uh, rather interesting co-main and main events there at UFC 270. Yeah, it was awesome just to get off campus, so to speak, get back into town, do an away game, uh, <laughs> just watching the fights in a different environment with a crowded room. That was a throwback to the old days. Uh, even some of the old UFC staff came out and were hanging out. So uh, just nice to see some faces in the industry again. Yeah, and Reed, what was really cool too, and, and for people that obviously uh, follow you and know the, the great work that you do with your models, you've kind of have, it's almost like a debut here that we're going to do right here on the show for the first time. And that is, your models are now going to go to to totals as well in some over-unders. First of all, tell us about the process 
that you've gone through to, to get this model now that you can actually calculate uh, over-unders? Yeah, it's, uh, it's still using the same techniques. Um, we're interested in each matchup. What are the performance tendencies of each fighter? What are the odds in the fight? That's actually an important input, not just the odds of the over-under or the distance, uh, but the odds in the actual matchup. Um, so we're looking at all of that. We're looking at the fighter histories in the same way we would try to search for profitability taking a side. We're searching for profitability taking an over or under. All right. Well, let's see if we can get some winners and cash some tickets for the people this week here. Let's start off with the main event uh, at UFC Apex here. And that, of course, is Jack Hermanson against Sean Strickland. Strickland right now, he's been a pretty solid favorite all week long here. And, Reed, right now we're seeing about minus 220 uh, here at DraftKings and plus 180 on the Joker here on the comeback. Uh, what are the models showing you here? Do we have a live dog scenario with the Joker? I think we do have a live dog. Um, and let me preface that by saying, first of all, Strickland is very, very effective on the feet. And I think it's because of this high-pressure striking style. He just frustrates his opponents. He's constantly landing combinations. It's not big, like, one-punch walk-off power. He does have four knockdowns, but the knockdown rate itself is actually below average. It's more about the repetitive strikes that he lands. He is very accurate with his hands, and he has good defense, so he's not taking damage in return. Now, the Joker also is decently accurate, um, doesn't have the power. He's been dropped more often than not, uh, but his defense is a little suspect. So while I do think there is some upset potential, I don't think it just comes straight up with these two guys like duking it out. Mm. I think it's Hermanson maybe in a scramble. Maybe he gets lucky with you know rocking Strickland or stunning him or something, but I think I think Hermanson wins this on the ground. It's either grappling and wrestling or it's one of these crazy out-of-nowhere submissions because he does have a history of that, and Strickland's ground game isn't as good. He just doesn't prefer to fight there, and when you take a guy's strength and you, you go and exploit the weakness, that's the right game plan. So I think there's upset potential here. Uh, when it comes to the total, it's fairly evenly priced, and that's a pass for me. I don't know if this is going to end inside the distance or a decision, um, but I do see enough value on Hermanson for an upset play. All right, four and a half right now, uh, juiced evenly here, minus 115 for the over-under in the total rounds. But there, let's go back to your equation there for Hermanson, again, by sub, right? Plus 500 there. Decision, if you do like the over uh, for four and a half, maybe goes to a decision, he wins there, plus 550. But win by finish, right? So we don't have to specify, but it just has to be a stoppage here, plus 350. I, look, the betting market does not see a KO or TKO coming for the Joker here. So do you think that the the last three for really good plus money here, because, again, plus 180 is where it stands right now, but if you do think you get one of those crazy submissions you alluded to, plus 500, uh, that might not just be a shot in the dark. That could actually uh, be a – there's a better percentage uh, chance there of that happening than maybe some might assume. I think so. Um, I, I think I when I look at this and I think, all right – if I think there's value on the upset, that means overall I see a more even matchup, more of a coin flip than a, a steep dog. And if it is a coin flip, what is his most likely path to victory? And I still think it's the submission. Um, that is not the strength of Strickland. That is a strength for Hermanson. He's done it to, to some people in like weird ways, heel hooks. Uh, so mm -hmm. I see value there. Yeah, in general, searching for a submission prop is always going to be a big payoff. Because in general, it's low probability. You're more like if you are going to get a finish, it's more likely to be strikes. Um, but the, the ingredients are all here, so I see value there. 
again, for Strickland backers out here, and Reed, obviously they think more likely, the two more likely scenarios of victory for Strickland would be KOTKODQ, which is plus 215, or decision, plus 150. So maybe if you're in the Strickland camp, instead of laying the 220, would those two be the more uh, probable ways that Strickland gets a victory? Yeah, you can likely take submission off the table with Strickland, probably right. in this matchup anyway. Um, uh, but I made the comment about his knockdown power. He does have four knockdowns to date, but on a per-punch rate, it's only 1%. And average is somewhere like 2.5. So he's actually knocking people down at a lower rate than the average UFC fighter. And here he is fighting at middleweight. That's a semi-larger class. Um You'd have to hope that, you know, Hermanson really gets caught. He has been dropped three times in his UFC career, but he's also been in the cage against some pretty big name talent. Uh, And Strickland did move up from uh, welterweight into middleweight. So, uh, you know, hoping for the knockout, I feel like that's reaching a little bit too much. Uh, I think maybe people do accept that Strickland has a big striking advantage and they're expecting more of a knockout. But you could easily see this going five rounds. If Hermanson can't get it to the ground, it's going to be Strickland just sort of picking him apart from a distance. And not all great strikers are knockout artists. He is a great striker. He really frustrates people, but he's not a one-punch guy. Yeah, I think it's great advice out there right there. So, again, looking for maybe some better ways uh, to to really get the best market value there if you're a Strickland backer. Uh, very good words of advice there. Let's talk about a very interesting fight on the prelim team here. Akeem Dawadu going to take on Michael Trezano. And Trezano right now, plus 145. Dawadu at minus 165. Should be a really action-packed three-round uh, potential fight here. What are the models showing you in this one? Do we have another live dog scenario here? Yeah, I see a live dog here. Uh, the odds aren't as steep as they are in the main event. This is a closer matchup. Uh, Trezano just looks pretty solid on paper. He's he's good so far everywhere. Um, with Dawadu, he is extremely rangy for his size. Mm-hmm. But so is Trezano, actually. Um, so he's not like massively outrange. It's not a huge differential. Uh, so maybe that advantage that Dabadu has relied on in the past won't be there. Um, and Trezano is actually the taller fighter, just you know more massive perhaps. But just on paper, very similar metrics. And we should actually see a, a fairly good pace of strikes. I think they are going to go back and forth quite a lot. Um, not necessarily to the ground. Neither guy attempts a lot of takedowns. But if they do, Trezano does have the better ground metrics when he's there. So that is always a nice little boost if we're looking for an <laughs> underdog play. Uh, just in general, I think this is going to be a lot closer on paper. And totals-wise, this is one where this screams over. Uh, I think this is just very well-matched, more of a coin flip than perhaps the odds say. That's why I think there's a value mm-hmm. on the upset. But I would actually make a bigger play or use the over in parlays because that feels like a more confident play. And there it is at minus 235. So I know sometimes people get scared off by that, and you can understand why, that you don't want to lay 235 to win a hunch. But to your point about the parlays, or if you think Trezano is really the live dog, to win by decision, plus 300. So if you think the fight's going to go over, Trezano being a live dog, hey, even better value than at the plus 145 there is maybe taking him by decision. Is that a a nice little pathway there to get the plus 300 in Trezano? Exactly. Uh, That's definitely a play I'm looking at. Um, I could easily see this being a split decision. Even if you lose it, you 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 win on the over. But um, I I still think it's a worthwhile call for Trezano by decision, uh, or just straight up. 
Let's talk about smiling Sam Alvey very quickly. Look, I love watching him fight here, but he's a huge underdog at plus 330 against Brendan Allen. And I know everybody loves uh, watching Brendan Allen fight for very good reason. He is coming off a loss here, short replacement here. But uh, very quickly, as we got about a minute to go with you, Reed, what do you make of minus 450 for Allen? Is there any support for the models for Sam Alvey? For, for Sam Alvey? Yeah, it, it really depends on where you price shop this one. Um, I agree with Alan being a very heavy favorite. It's not a situation where I see a ton of value. Um, we're looking at you know almost a 10-year age differential um, for, between the two, and Alan is the younger guy. He's going to be more durable. Alvy has been taking more damage lately. He used to be a nice knockout artist, but now getting into a firefight is probably not the best idea for someone pushing 36 years old. Um, <laughs> this is probably a pass for me. Uh, I don't really have a play here. Yeah. I agree with Alan as a strong favorite. Right. And again, coming in and you expect that you don't think Alan's going to lose two in a row. I know that's why he's the minus 435 favorite. But it does, to your point, feels like way too big a favorite here for Smiling Sam here, plus 330. But you can understand why Alan is the prohibitive favorite there. Hey, Reed, always appreciate the time and the information. Again, follow him on Twitter at Fightnomics. We'll catch up with you for UFC 271 next week. All right, there he is, everybody, Reed Kuhn. When we come back here, Lou Finnecaro is going to join the program, break down everything on this card. Come on back. It's First Strike on Beeson, the Sports Betting Network. It is First Strike right here on VEASAN. Always a pleasure to be joined by Lou Finnecaro. Follow him on Twitter as I do, at GamLou. And he also has a great podcast called The Bout Business Podcast. Lou Finnecaro, we'll get into that in a second. Always great to have you back on, though, as we break down Hermanson against Strickland here, UFC Apex, Saturday night in Las Vegas. And, Lou, I love talking to you, obviously, when you have the weigh-ins and some of the things you glean from that. And something that I caught when we had you on earlier here on VEASAN this week, you got these middleweights in the in the main event and the co-main event here, but you have that smaller octagon at UFC Apex. Do you think this is by design? We're trying to maybe force some of the action with some of these bigger guys at 185 pounds? I definitely do. I, I think that when you put big men in small spaces, confrontation is sure to occur. In this case, we have two 185-pound fights in the small cage, each featuring uh, a pretty lethal striker against a pretty capable grappler. The matchup is fascinating, and it really, uh, I think each fight is compelling in its own right. No question about it. Let's start right there at the main event here with Sean Strickland against Jack Hermanson. And later on in the program, you and I are going to talk about UFC 271 with Israel Adesanya uh, taking on uh, the, the, the Reaper in Robert Whitaker there for the strap at 185, but it feels like maybe here, if you're Hermanson or if you're Strickland, could this be, hey, you, you put on a show, you're in the main event, potential five-round fight here, high showcase. Do you think the winner of this fight, Lou, would then make a claim that I want to fight the winner of that one next week? I believe absolutely that the winner of this fight will make that claim. However, the claim that will be made over next week's Jared Cannonier mm. and Brunson fight, Derek Brunson fight, that will be the legitimate first fight <laughs> to the Whitaker 
Adesanya winner, in my opinion, with this winner sitting on the shelf right there in next position. Yeah, you know how the politics of this sport work, Lou, very, very well. So these guys are going to try to to be lined up there for Dana White to pick them. But let's talk about the opportunity here for these guys here at 185 pounds. You know, you look at Hermanson here, and you know where this fight wants to go if you're the Joker. You want to get this fight down to the ground. If you're Sean Strickland here, you know you want to keep this fight standing. The over-under right now set at four and a half. A lot of people think this is going to go deep in the Vegas night. How do you stylistically, Lou, handicap this fight here? Do you think it is an overplay, even though it's at four and a half? And I know a lot of people go, man, that's a long prop for me to take that over. It is. And yet... Um, it, it, to me, this this is a very well-lined main event. I think Strickland should be a favorite at about where he is. And I think that the fight arguably uh, can go late. Strickland does a lot of his damage with forward pressure and pace, not necessarily power. Mm. And meanwhile, a guy in Hermanson, uh, he just went five rounds with Vittori, which is no easy task for anyone. So I, I believe that the numbers are tight and good, and that's why I'm really not doing too many jumping jacks <laughs> over trying to pick something in this fight. Yeah, exactly right, Luz. You, you can sniff it out here when there's, a, there's not a whole lot of advantage to be gained here on those numbers. Uh, I see exactly what you're doing there. Very wise to not ju- jump in when it is as tight as this line does appear to be. Let's go to the co-main event here very quickly with Punahale, uh, Punahale Soriano, minus 190 against Nick Maximoff. And Maximoff right now the undefeated younger fighter here. But two fighters in their 20s here, 29 against 24. And we know that Maximoff is going to, again, try to get this fight down to the ground here at the, at the middleweight division here. And you know Soriano wants to try to keep this thing standing. Easier said than done. We understand that. But is that the clear pathway to victory for Soriano here to try to get the first L in the column for Maximoff? There, there's no question in my mind that that's what he must do. He's got to take Soriano's space away, muffle his striking power. Now, Soriano has a wrestling background, so he, he is apt, but he's not going to be that. He does not want to be on the floor with Maximov, who's the bigger, younger man. Uh, Maximov, if he is able to get it to the floor, will hold great advantage. The issue is that Soriano has 100% take down defense, Mm. Dave, and he's fought a higher caliber of opponent. Meanwhile, Maximov's only successful on 36% of his takedown attempts, and I think that could be telling in this fight. Yeah, It's very interesting, too, because you normally don't see this variance, right, where you look at the sub for Soriano, 14 to 1. You look at the KO, TKO, uh, uh, DQ, 14 to 1 for Maximoff. So, again, it looks like the pathways to victory. They just don't think that Soriano, even though he has a rec- wrestling background, to your point, Lou, can get a sub. And they certainly don't think that Maximoff here can get some sort of knockout. Is there any possibility that those two long shots, is there any value in those numbers? Or are they there for a reason? And that's why they're such long shots. Yeah, I think the I think the makers have done a good job of assessing how each man uh, is is able to win this fight. Uh, to me, total rounds is where the dead giveaway is, Dave. Uh, one and a half over minus one sixty five. Uh, I I see the young Maximov is having enough success that the, he's not going to get caught early 
I don't believe. And for that reason, this fight to start round three or to go over one and a half, even though you got to pay a little wood on it, I think that's a really strong, these are two strong, determined guys. And unless Maximov fights with absolutely no IQ, he won't run in and get <laughs> caught by a big shot from Soriano, I don't believe. I got to get your thoughts on two other uh, rather large gentlemen here at 205 pounds with smiling Sam Alvey taking on Brendan Allen here. And Allen is a replacement. He comes in here off a loss just a month ago here where he was a big favorite and didn't cash those tickets. Minus 435 against smiling Sam. Boy, you're like, Sam Alvey, give me an opponent. You got to give me this opponent? Is this as big a mismatch as the bookmakers are, are leading us to believe? In my opinion, no. I, I think you got to understand, Allen took this fight short notice. He fights 185, so he took it at 205. Sam's been fighting at 205. And Allen has a propensity to fight without any IQ whatsoever. He's shown it twice in his last fight against Curtis and the one prior to that where Sean Strickland absolutely painted his fence. If Brendan Allen were smart, he'd go out, take Alvy down and dominate him on the mat. But he wants to put on a show and try and earn, and that allows him to really take a lot of damage. He's not the most deft striker. If Sam has one thing, he's got a powerful left, and I'd give Sam a really good opportunity to knock this guy out in this fight. Wow. So if you like Sam Alvey to do just that, plus 800 to get KO, TKO, or DQ. But I'm with you then. When you're going up, Lou, in weight, uh, like we're seeing Brendan Allen do here on short notice, that could be dangerous. It could be very dangerous against a guy like Alvy who can take some some punishment to dish it out. So that's a very intriguing matchup. Very quickly, when you look at the total rounds, they're two and a half in a three-round non-title fight here. Over is minus 105, juiced slightly to the under here, minus 125. I, I, I can understand why the under is the favorite here, but also could you see a possibility where this goes the distance? Well, if not if Sam Alvey's going to have any real chance at this thing, I, I don't think. I, I think if you like Alvey, you'd have to try and see that uh, fight end early somehow with that big left. Yeah, the longer it goes, the deeper it goes, the more it probably favors Allen, even though yeah, he may not be in that great condition. If he can get Alvey down, they can roll around on the rug for 15 minutes and Allen will win an easy decision. But does he have the IQ to execute that plan? Yeah, and to, to your point there, you see why Smiling Sam 35 to 1 to get a sub. That's just not the pathway to victory. For Sam Alvey, yeah. certainly in that one. Let's stay in the main card here very quickly, Lou, before we take a break. I want to talk about Tressian Gore, minus 150 against Brian Battle here, plus 130 here in this matchup. Any lean here in, in, a, in a fight that we think should be rather closely contested? Yeah, I really don't know enough of these guys to make a strong opinion, except that from what I saw on the scale today, uh, Gore was yapping, and that's a tell, and Battle was the bigger man, the longer man, the quieter man, the more stoic man. I leaned to Battle in this fight just from what I saw at the weigh-in. Let's talk about Shavkat uh, Rachmanov against Carlston uh, Harris here. Harris plus 190, Rachmanov here minus 235. Anything you took away from the weigh-ins today, is this the rightful at 14-0? This is a fast tracker we know at 170 pounds. What do you make of Rachmanov here as the big favorite at minus 235? 
What what a great fight this is going to be. Rachmanov opened closer to 300, and all the money early came in on Harris. There's only been recently a little buyback on Rachmanov, who is absolutely as an Uzik Bekstan vice grip. Meanwhile, Harris is a fighter that was born in Guyana but trains in Brazil and has his own merit. The the Russian Brazilian. Uh, rivalry is so tangible and real. This is going to be an outstanding fight. Uh, but I think that Rachmanov uh, is the rightful favorite in this fight. And I believe an inside the distance is surely possible with him over Harris. All yeah. right, Lou, can't wait. Uh, come on back with me if you don't mind. I'm going to take a very quick time out. When we come back, Lou, we'll get some other official picks on the prelim cards here as Lou Finnecaro really does a great job of diving deep into each and every card. Come on back. It is First Strike right here on Beeson, the Sports Betting Network. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Compete for free with the Modelo Golden Ticket Challenge. Join three UFC contests to fight for your share of $20,000 in total cash and prizes. Plus, find out if you're going to walk away with Modelo Golden Ticket and claim floor seats to every pay-per-view fight for an entire year. Head to DraftKings.com slash Modelo right now to get in on the action. Modelo, the official beer partner of the UFC. No purchase necessary. Must be 21 years or older to get into this contest, terms, conditions, eligibility, and rules are at DraftKings.com. Please drink responsibly. I am Dave Ross. This is First Strike right here on VEASAN. Love chopping it up with Lou Finnecaro. Follow him on Twitter, as I do, at GamBlue. And you got to listen to the Bout Business Podcast, which we're going to get to in one second, Lou. But i got to get your thoughts here on a couple of these fights in the prelims. You know, obviously, some people go, well, UFC 271 is next week. Well, you look at some of the fights when you see a Miles John, you see Akeem Dawadu and Alexis Davis on this card, and there's some sneaky, really intriguing fights. And let's start right there with Alexis Davis against Julia Stoliorenko. Stoliorenko right now, plus 200. Davis is minus 250 here. She's the big favorite, but I think you found a way here that maybe you can get better numbers than laying that big one. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I, I hate I hate considering a fighter at that kind of a price, she opened Davis minus 190. But when you when you tear into this, 
uh, you look and you see that she's lost four of her last five, but it's who he, she has been oh. bested by. Uh, names like Arahu, Jen Maya, Caitlin Shukagian. There's there's really no shame in who she's lost to. In fact, she's fighting the elite of the division. Meanwhile, Stoliarenko, slightly larger woman, uh, very much a journey woman that's had a hard time getting started in the UFC. She's lost her last two to very... Uh, journey mm-hmm. woman type competition. And so when you look at who these two ladies have fought, the fact that Davis has 30 total pro fights, Stoliarenko half of that, I think that Davis is in a great position. And so now we realize that the over-under in the fight, two and a half rounds over minus 250. And I believe that lighter weight fighters, especially the women, tend to go to decision more than not. The numbers bear that out. So we'll get cute and we'll take a look at trying to take Davis via decision, which is a plus 100 or plus 105 proposition. That's how we can try and take a big favorite and make her work into our favor. It's fantastic advice out there for the betting public. So again, you just, instead of taking the minus 250 and playing the minus big number on the over, just combine them to the fight script that you see there with Alexis Davis and then you get the plus money at plus 105 for Davis to win by decision. I think that's a very astute way instead of laying those rather big numbers individually. Let's talk about another fight here. When you look at Steven Peterson, a big dog, plus 250 against Julian Arosa. And Arosa feels like a very polarizing fighter in the UFC. Sometimes you think, well, this guy's just not that good. And other times he looks like a world beater. What do you expect to see in the apex on Saturday night? Oh, I think you hit it right on the head, Dave, when you say he can be a little bit inconsistent. And he tends to be inconsistent after he wins a couple and looks really good. Now, Erosa has fought before at 155. This is a 145-pound fight, so he's huge for the division. Peterson, tons of power, used to fight at Bantam, which is 135. He moves up to 45. And so uh, initially, uh, I was very wary of Peterson because of the size difference with Erosa. Uh, Erosa, not only inconsistent, is very chinny. Peterson, can his power transfer? Well, he wallows onto the scale today with an hour and 15 minutes remaining to weigh in three pounds over the limit of 146. That tells me a couple of things. Number one, that Peterson's not going to compromise his ability to compete by cutting the rest of the weight. And so he's going to pine for advantage by not doing it. As well, he knows a grappler like Erosa is going to want to try and take him down and muscle him and get inside. And Peterson's going to have tremendous advantage by both not having to cut and carrying the extra weight. He'll be harder to take down and the power will transfer. For all those reasons, I think Peterson's live at plus 250. Let me just, for the ultimate long shot here, because I'm, I'm following, I'm picking up what you're putting down there here with Peterson and that power being able to translate. Plus 900, Lou to get the KO against Arosa, as you said, he can be very chinny. We've seen it in fights past. Plus 900 feels like a, a supreme long shot, but maybe not as long as people think. 
completely agree. I mean, again, if you look, Eros has been popped on the chin and has gone out. And uh, Peterson, even at the at the uh, weigh-ins, Erosa was cool. Uh, Peterson was, you know, letting it be known that he's going to look to make this dirty and ugly. All right, that you just piqued my interest right there. When you get a long shot, that really feels like a live, playable long shot. Uh, maybe not as long as people think out there. Let's talk about Jason Witt here against Philip Rowe. Another fight that, uh, according to the bookmakers, looks pretty even here with Witt plus one fifteen, Rowe minus one thirty five. Did you glean anything from the weigh-ins in this fight today, Lou? Well, nothing that the paper didn't show us already, and that is is that Roe has got five inches of height. He's four years. The younger man has a 10-inch reach advantage, four inches with his legs. So he's a long spider, daddy long legs, fighting <laughs> a kid in width that's short, compact, coming off a really – uh, overachieving win against Brian Barberena. This is as much a fade of wit, who ha- who also is chinny. Uh, Roe really comes with a much more Brazilian jiu-jitsu background, and that makes those long arms and legs even more dangerous. But I think he could even touch wit in this fight. Row open minus 165 or so. The prices come towards wit. I disagree with the movement in that price and think Row is a bargain at minus 120, 125, wherever uh, the market has him currently. Uh, very interesting. So, again, if that money keeps coming in on wit, you might even get a better number here on Row as that underdog or that favorite, rather, becomes almost uh, closer to a pick 'em fight. So, again, maybe monitor that before they get into the octagon. On Saturday night, very quickly, when I look and I again, I see Miles John, I see Akeem Dowdu against Michael Trezano. Any thoughts on either one of those two fights for some really exciting fighters that we've seen in the past? Castaneda was the last guy to weigh in on uh, on the scale. And so Johns was one of the earlier ones, which means he had an hour and a half to drink juice and eat bananas ahead of Castaneda. I would consider Johns a legit favorite, but really uh, don't want to go that route at this time. All right, 12 and 1 right now uh, for the uh, 27-year-old Miles Johns, so you can understand why he is that that big a favorite. Uh, very quickly, Lou, I do want to look ahead because we're talking about the middleweights here in the in the main event and the co-main event. But next week, you know, it's the return of Israel Israel Adesanya going to take on the Reaper in Robert Whitaker in a rematch of a title fight they had uh, a couple years back here. Where Adesanya easily got that that stoppage in the second round uh, to win that belt and hold on to it there. Any difference? And again, you've got a long time here next week to really handicap this. But plus two twenty five is what I'm seeing right now for the on the challenger and minus two eighty for Adesanya. Are they still as far apart as they appeared the first time that they fought? Well, I should say yes, so people will continue to make the spread <laughs> wider. But the answer is no. And I, I think you had a really compromised mentally. Yes, Robert Whitaker in that first fight. And in this second fight, I, I think it's going to be much different. Yeah, I, I'm with you there too, Lou, because again, knowing Robert Whitaker a little bit uh, from my days in Chicago uh, when he fought Yoel Romero, m- mentally was one of the more tougher guys I've ever talked to as a fighter. Matter of fact, I had both fighters in my studio that day, Lou, and Robert asked me privately if the moves he was going to show me, he would make sure that, that Yoel couldn't see. He's a very mentally strong guy. And I think you're right against Adesanya the first time around. We didn't see the best of Robert Whitaker. I'll be very curious to see where this number goes as we lead up to UFC 271 next week. So maybe again, if you're a Whitaker backer, 
You might even get better value here as we get closer and closer to the fight. I mentioned uh, the About Business podcast, Lou. I want to get your thoughts there. And again, tell the people what you give them each and every week on the About Business podcast. Well, thank you for mentioning it, Dave. Uh, What the About Business podcast is, is overall it's brief uh, because we really don't need to be listening to me talk too long. 15 to 18 minutes each week that there is a UFC card. It contains only my final releases. It drops on Friday afternoons on on Spotify and, and Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. And so between the About Business podcast and these great shows that we do with First Strike, you can get most of my opinions for the fights each week. Thank you for letting me... Uh, Talk about that. Oh, absolutely. But I think you're wrong. I think people love to listen to you talk. I love listening to you talk about the UFC and just about anything. Hey, Lou, really appreciate it. As always, my friend, thanks for sticking around for a couple segments today. And again, check him out on Twitter, at Gamble. Check out that About Business podcast. It is fantastic. Also want to thank Reed Kuhn for joining us and Nick Kalikas for joining us right here in studio. Again, get ready. UFC First Strike. Uh, it is going to be tomorrow night. Jack Hermanson against Sean Strickland. Enjoy the fights and cash those tickets. We'll see you next week right here at First Strike on Visa, the Sports Betting Network. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.